This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. I wonder, sorry, uh, I'm confused. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) My name's Lydia. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church and I usually use this microphone and today I'm doing the Brittany. Um, and it's already caused great confusion in my brain. Um, So I wonder if someone can help me bring this up a little higher. Thank you. (laughs) Someone knew who I meant. Uh, Someone was nearby. (laughs) Thank you. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yeah, that'll stop that nonsense. Um, (laughs) Oh, dear. New year, new me, new things, new brain. Let's try. Oh, let's, let's launch into this morning's word. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you have a word for each and every one of us here in this place. I pray that you will anoint my words, Lord God, that they will be seasoned, Lord God, correctly, um, and that they will go out and produce fruit. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. I mixed my metaphors there in that prayer, didn't I? It's going on. Oh, Lord, help me. Um, okay. <laughs> let's start with a joke. What could go wrong? Oh, dearing me. I've just gone out my head already. Um, Someone someone said, I look like a salt shaker. I took it as a condiment. That's as good as it's going to get. Okay, let's get into the word. It's where I feel more comfortable. Um, Luke chapter 14, verses 34 to 35. Isn't it fun when you only get two verses to preach on? Okay, this is it. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, so we all know, and we can probably quickly think of many uses for salt. It can be used as a preservative, and I am half Spanish, that may come up again, so I think I'll go out ahead of it now. In fact, actually it's not in my notes, but I'm going to go there all the way. Uh, My dad's nickname is El Salau, uh, because of his mum's maiden name um, was Salau, and Salau means the salty one, or the salt of the earth. And so I am a Salau. You know, we're known as the Salaus, even though that's not actually his surname. (laughs) But we are El Salau. In fact, he named his guitar-making business El Salau. So everyone knows El Salau, the salty one. Um, And I think that's worth mentioning here for some reason. But I think maybe we should all be known as El Salau. Um, So hold that in your head for a minute. But where was I going? Yes, I'm half Spanish. And preservatives. Um, Well, one of our most famous exports, maybe, is uh, salty ham, uh, which is basically baked in salt. It's not cooked. It's just buried in salt. 
and, um, and you can see those ham legs, those pig legs hanging up in those restaurants in Spain. That's what they are when you have that salty ham that comes as your tapas. That's what it is. It's been preserved. And that, of course, is an ancient thing that meant that people could eat all year round. They didn't, you know, all the time they had something ready to eat. And it doesn't really go off. It just doesn't go off. I mean, maybe it does eventually, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, so salt can be used as a preservative. It can be used as a healing aid. My dad swears by salt. I'm back to my dad. It's all about my dad today. I hope he watches. Um, <laughs> he swears by salt. He's always putting salt solutions onto sore bits. Um, anything that's cut and open is great. Uh, there are certain mouth ulcers and things I've had in time when actually the only thing that has taken it away has been salt water solution. So it's a healing aid, salt is. It adds and it brings out flavour. It doesn't just add, but it brings out the flavour, doesn't it? If you have something sweet and you add salt, it becomes more sweet. Doesn't make sense, does it? But it's true. Um, and it has even been used as currency. It's literally the reason we use the word salary for our wages. Because actually, in the ancient, in the Roman army, people were paid in salt. So salt is that important. It's desirable and it's useful. Now, Jesus is recorded as saying the same about salt as I just read in several different moments across the gospel. So let's have a look at him in Mark 9, verse 50. He said this, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Pretty much exactly the same as he said in Luke. Okay, but in a completely different context. And I want you to feel free to go home and study it and look it up and see that these are different contexts. Matthew 5, verse 13 this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. That's how important it is. It came into the Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth. You are El Salau. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Same thing as he said in Luke, but in a completely different context. So... It may come as a surprise to you this morning to learn that pure salt, in its natural form, cannot actually lose its flavour. And that is probably the point Jesus is making. However, there are things that can happen to pure salt which change it, and then it can lose its flavour. So... These are the things that I found out can happen to salt. One, the salt can be combined with additives. And in fact, this is the case with table salt. So your table salt is not pure salt. It's already been combined with some additives. And the additives, of course, are impurities to the pure salt. And in fact, that is true of the table salt in Jesus' time as well. So he would have known about this. Um, so these added chemical impurities mean that it's no longer pure. So salt with additives can lose its flavour. Salt can absorb humidity and eventually evaporate, leaving behind a substance that looks exactly like salt, but no longer tastes like it. And in the case of salt used as a salary, the salt might have been mixed with cheaper fillers like chalk to make it seem like the worker was receiving a lot more than they actually were. Those naughty Romans. Therefore, the flavour of the salt would be diminished as the actual salt content would be too thinly spread out in the mix. So we're going to circle back a moment. Jesus knew that pure salt cannot lose its flavour. Yet, 
we find him speaking about salt losing its flavour in what seems to be three separate occurrences. So it's something he preached about quite a bit. Jesus knew that pure salt cannot lose its flavour, and that is as good a point as you need today. You could go home now if you want. Pure salt cannot lose its flavour <laughs> because our saltiness cannot be diminished unless something else is introduced to make the change possible. I think when Jesus talks about us being salt, and it can be a bit confusing, so I think we're going to go in this direction, he means our faith walk with him is salt. And I think this acronym helps. Well, it helps me. So when Jesus speaks of us as salt, it could be our, and hopefully it's on screen, spiritually aligned living trust in God's promises. Our spiritually aligned living trust in God's promises could be what we're referring to as salt. Having a spiritually aligned faith walk with God's truth. So if we're pure salt, we would be living spiritually aligned with God's truth, fully trusting in his promises. Then just as actual salt, we would be of use in many ways, including preserving or saving might be a good way to use the word, healing, enhancing flavour, and prosperity. So we should be, we are designed to be pure salt, we are designed to affect these areas. And untouched by the world, with a pure faith, we could not lose our flavour, and therefore we would be incredibly effective in these areas of life. That's without any influences outside influences, we would live out spiritually aligned, living trust in him with no problem. But <laughs> the same things that cause actual salt to lose flavour are the things that can disrupt our faith walk, our spiritually aligned living trust in him. And we know it. So let's just take a look at these today. Things that ruin our salt, our spiritually aligned living trust. In him. Well, additives and impurities. Secondly, humidity leading to evaporation. And thirdly, being outnumbered in the mix of our surroundings. So we'll go through each of those one at a time. So let's start with additives and impurities. What are the impurities that might be added to our spiritually aligned living trust in God? Well, I think it's embracing any alternatives to God's viewpoint. And to be honest, that happens a lot. For example, God says, wait until marriage. But we don't wait. So we add something to our lives. It's only a little bit of impurity. Just a little bit. But remember, any tiny bit of dog poop in the cake mix will ruin the whole batch. <laughs> and remember how Jesus talked about leaven. Once mixed in, it affects the whole dough. Matthew 16, verse 11 to 12, he explains a bit about the leaven, or they, they get the revelation. He says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I think high and unrealistic expectations placed upon people often by church, if I'm honest, of man-made rules-keeping, Pharisee-style, is also an impure additive, which affects our ability to live out a spiritually aligned living trust. Wrong teaching can creep into all areas of 
our lives, of our decision-making, of our choices, and of our beliefs. And it's very hard, I believe, I actually believe impossible to exist in our modern society and not receive at least some added impurities from the world or indeed from the church. And, and we are not immune. It could happen here. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding us up as perfect either. We do it by accident. We place unrealistic expectations upon each other. And this very sermon may sound like that, so please, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> okay, so, if additives come at us from everywhere, even the church, what's the fix for this? Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus answered. He's answering my question. Isn't he nice? (laughs) It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete Equipped for every good work. What's the fix? We all need to know the word of God so that we can identify the additives before we accept them and live by them. You know, SALT could easily also go by the acronym Socially Aligned Living Trust. That would be a very good acronym for SALT. But that would be Table SALT. It's acceptable and comfortable and what we're most used to, but it isn't the same as pure salt. And once those additives are there, we are changed and we have potential to lose our flavour, just as Jesus said. And remember what Jesus said in Luke. He puts it very harshly because if we lose our flavour, it means we're not even useful to a pile of poop. And I mean that because it's Luke 14, verse 35. It says, it is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. So I'm sorry, but that's Jesus, not me. So today's big word for us, I believe, and I believe at the beginning of this year, it's his big word for us, and it came out in the prayer meeting on Thursday. It's his big word for us. Read the word of God or listen to it. Not everyone likes to read. That's okay. Listen to it. Take it in throughout the week, not just on Sundays, not just at house group. Add at least one more day. Add two more days. Add all the days where you can. Get it inside you and not because these are unattainable man-made rules for Christians that Lydia's making in Hope Church, but because it's the only way to recognise additives When they come at you, it's the only way you're going to know. It's the only way you're going to know that doesn't line up with God's word. And that's the only way you can be spiritually aligned, living trust in him in your life. I hear people say that they don't have time to read the word of God. Are you kidding me? How long do you think it takes? And I feel really strongly about this. I feel so strongly about this. I I really got on my high horse on Thursday as well at the prayer meeting. Come to the prayer meeting, 8.30 in the morning. It's fun. Um, (laughs) It's just downstairs in the coffee shop. Um, But yeah, you, you have got to be kidding me. How long do you think it takes to read the Word of God? Yes, it's great if you can take time and you want to dig in and you want to look things up and you want to get in there. 
but you, you don't have that time? So what? You can do a lot in two minutes. Two minutes a day will give you something more of the word than before. Two minutes a day. I did the maths, and I hate maths. Two minutes a day will give you an accumulated 12 hours of Bible consumed in a year. That's a hot, In a year, you've got 12 hours, you've got half a day more of Bible than you had before you started your two minutes a day. Did you hear me? Two minutes a day. Who can't find two minutes a day? I know you can find two minutes a day. You know you can find two minutes a day. And here's the extra advice for you. This is where the dog training comes in, because I'm always telling people to use net time. Net, N-E-T, means no extra time. Use no extra time. Flick the kettle on, pick up the Bible, read. Kettle stops boiling, pour your tea, you are done. Two minutes or less. And you've got something, because you've got something more than you had before. Don't be like getting stuck in this. Um, what else can you do? You could have an audio Bible play to you in the car or on the dog walk or on your walk to school or work. Or, yes, you can read the Bible on the loo when you're sat on that toilet. I'm sorry, we all do it. Jesus did it. We sit down and we spend time. We are probably there for two minutes. And between you and me, there is a Bible that lives in my bathroom. It lives in my bathroom. Don't put your favorite one in there. Okay. God does not mind where or how we consume his word. You could just scroll through an online Bible app rather than scrolling through social media posts. And I know most of us spend more than two minutes on our social media. So you can take two minutes back. I'm not saying don't do your social media. I'm saying just take two minutes back. Two minutes every day for a year is 12 hours worth of more Bible consumed. It's 12 hours more truth deposited deep down inside you, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time that you take it in. Just allow it to happen. It's 12 hours of better godly understanding that will help you see and throw out those additives before they attach to you. Oh, now I see why I was doing all of this. I was going to use all my arms. <laughs> when I got wired up, I was worried about hooking myself on there. And here I am, using my arms. This is obviously was correct to double-check it. <laughs> Those of you who were there in that conversation, no. Um, so, because we need to be able to see those additives when they come at us, and we need to be able to throw them out. Just two minutes, Bible reading a day becomes 12 hours, extra Bible knowledge that will keep you in a spiritually aligned, living trust in God. So, I'm not going to send you home now, but that is my main point. And if you want to fall asleep now, feel free. No, there's a lot more. I think God has some really strong stuff here. So we carry on. Second thing that can affect our salt, our spiritually aligned living trust in God, is humidity leading to evaporation. And I mentioned, I might mention Spain again. Um, now, sometimes in Spain, early in summer, weirdly, uh, sort of May, June time, it can become incredibly humid. 
it's the kind of weather that is so weird because, I mean, it's always sunny in Spain, even in winter. Even when it rains, the sun's out and it's a brighter day. But, um, but in that time, you can literally get up in the morning and walk all the way through the day wet. You just feel uncomfortable. Everything's wet. And there's nothing you can do to dry off. <laughs> because humidity isn't just heat. It's a constant, damp, suffocating, close heat. It feels under pressure. You feel under pressure. It can make you feel like everything is such a huge effort. The simplest of tasks can tire you out, and it makes you feel like it's hard to breathe. Humidity is not good for those who struggle a little bit in their breathing area. Now, the great news is salt is used in dehumidifiers because it absorbs the humidity. It makes the air better and helps us feel more comfortable. So the good news is, everybody, that as salt, we can change the atmosphere. And that's why I asked Sue to read that psalm this morning, because that Psalm 100 starts out with us making a joyful noise, which is ear-splitting. And it doesn't mean it's offensive. It means it's splitting the atmosphere, I think. It's changing the atmosphere when we make that noise. So actually, we have the power to change the atmosphere as salt. However, apparently, in my, in my research, don't, I'm not a scientist, don't take me fully on this, but apparently humidity can also apparently cause evaporation and leave a substance that looks like salt, but is no longer salt. As a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, faith-speaking child of God, that's me, I know the feeling of spiritual humidity, and I know it well, and I'm not going to lie to you, I think I've been feeling it a little bit the beginning of this year. I'm not finding the beginning of this year as easy as some years. I'm not grabbing this year and running at it, and I'm being really honest with you. I am going, really, another year? <laughs> Come back already. <laughs> so... It's a strange, and I've had worse, I've had worse, by the way, this isn't as bad a humidity as it gets to, but it's a strange, exhausting, close pressure that makes it feel like everything we do for God is really hard work and almost pointless and exhausting and really feels it, like it's difficult to receive any refreshing from God. Thank you for your picture in the prayer meeting before church this morning because Critty received a picture about a meadow and a breeze coming through it. We need that breeze. We need that refreshing. But when you are under a spiritual humidity, and I believe it happens individually and corporately, so I don't know where you're all at, but it might be happening to you right now. When you're under a spiritual humidity, that breeze is hard to find and feel. So it's a spiritual feeling I'm describing here. And actually, I think it's a bit like what the world might call depression because it's an intense lack of energy and disheartening feeling that can, over time, make us feel less effective because, actually, what's happening is our salt is evaporating. Our spiritually aligned living trust is starting to become diminished in some way. And you either know this feeling or you don't. But if you have experienced this feeling of spiritual humidity, you also know that you can go a very long time seemingly unchanged, appearing exactly the same as before, but actually flavorless. You might have all the appearance of salt, but deep down it's only God and yourself that actually know 
how little spiritually aligned, living, trusting God is really part of you any longer. God knows it can get humid down here in this fallen world. Therefore, Isaiah wrote this, and this is awesome. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, when an eagle soar, instead of flapping, they rely on rising air currents to gain altitude. You know, when we feel a spiritual humidity closing in on us, we can reach up and let God raise us up above the humidity. Isaiah 59 verse 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, which I believe is a really good description of the spiritual humidity I just talked about. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And I just, I haven't researched this or thought about this a lot, but I believe we can be the standard as well. You know, it's not quite, you know, biblical, but he lifts us up from under that flood. God promises that we can mount up to literally soar like eagles, held up on the very thing that felt like it was holding us down. The very thing, the rising air currents that were trying to hold us down can lift us up. I hope you're getting this if you need this this morning because it's really powerful. Spiritual humility can either hold you down or push you up. And remember, as salt... No matter how it feels, we do have the power to change the atmosphere. So grab that truth and get over it, quite literally. I don't mean that in a rude way. Get over that spiritual humidity and soar. Okay, the last of the three things that can affect our souls, salt sorry, is outnumbered in the mix of fillers. Motivational speaker Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five peoples you spend the most time with. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So, have a think. Who do you surround yourself with? When you become vastly outnumbered in the mix of your connections, it's very easy to dilute your spiritually aligned living trust in God. And this is why God's word instructs us in Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As it gets harder, get closer, come more. (laughs) Unbelievers will not encourage you in living out your godly goals. They just can't. Only other Christians can do that. It's okay to have connections with unbelievers, but remember you do need other Christians too. With other salt around you, it's easier 
to be salt. But with chalk, remember they used to fill the celery with some chalk and, and you know, grow it that way? Well, I decided to make an acronym for chalk. Chronic Human Afflicted Life Keepers. <laughs> and think about it. I'm going to say it one more time because it's true. Chalk. Chronic Human Afflicted Life Keepers. They're trying to keep their life. They're afflicted by this. They're working in their humanity only. With those surrounding you, it's easy to become discouraged in your faith walk. And the more chalk mixed in, then the further away each thought gets pushed from each other and the harder it is to stick with it. You know, salt naturally clumps together and it can resemble rock. A single grain of salt in a pile of chalk would be very hard to find. It's barely noticeable. We need other Christians around us. And we need to be anchored to the rock. And actually, I'm so glad that Michelle chose that last song because it is actually quoting Psalm 62, verse 6. God only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Sorry about the salt pun there. <laughs> As I prepared today's message, I realized that we often feel frustration in living out God's call on our lives. We read God's promises and the acts of the apostles, and we think, yeah, that should be us. And the reality is that it doesn't seem to be true or possible within our own daily lives. Or is it just me? I think not. Now, after preparing this word, I think the reason we find ourselves less then everything that God, the, the Word of God says of us could easily be due to our saltiness having become negatively affected. Somewhere deep within, we know that pure salt, spiritually aligned, living, trusting God, cannot fail to preserve, heal, flavor, and prosper our lives and the lives of those around us. However, we can't seem to fully experience it. Due to falling too easily under, I think, the additives, humidity, or cheap fillers that the enemy throws in our direction. Hopefully, you're encouraged this morning, because I've not only exposed the places that your salt has potential to be changed and diminished, but also, most importantly, how to prevent any more of your salt being ruined. And I think this is the most important thing at the end here. I looked it up. The human body contains many salts, making up around 0.4% of the body's weight, at a concentration pretty well equivalent to that in seawater. That's actually a lot. So, a 50-kilogram person would contain around 200 grams of salt. That's around 40 teaspoons. That's a lot of salt for one person. <laughs> so... Don't worry about the areas where you allowed the additives, humidity, or cheap fillers to take out a teaspoon or two. There's loads more to work with. And that's why Jesus said it this way. And we're going to read again the scripture from the beginning. Luke 14, 34 to 35. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He doesn't put that on there for like, you know, I just feel like adding it on every now and again. <laughs> if you hear, you can respond. Jesus always gives us the opportunity to leave the past behind and move forwards. He always, it's what his whole ministry is about. It's what the cross is about. Leave the past behind, it's back there. Move forwards with me, says Jesus. 
always gives us the opportunity to get it and do better from now forwards. So to recap, we might consider our salt as spiritually aligned, living trust in God's promises, and we can keep that salt as pure as possible and therefore as effective as we were designed to be by not mixing in too many cheap fillers. And I'm not saying don't mix with non-Christians. I'm just asking you to notice who surrounds you and make sure you aren't separated from the rock. By changing and purifying the atmosphere, rather than allowing any spiritual humidity to change and evaporate your salt, ask God to lift you up to soar above that humidity. And by identifying and rejecting additives, by reading the Word of God daily and giving it the opportunity to work the transformation in us that God promises. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And that feels like a good challenge for all of us at the start of 2023. But remember, two minutes a day is all you need to start with. I believe God will probably grow that at some point anyway, but two minutes a day is more than enough. Don't let that excuse hold you back. Let's pray in closing, and I've got a lot of scripture in the prayer, so let's just pray. Lord Jesus, your great commission called us to go out and save others. Mark 16 says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And Lord Jesus, you gave us the authority to bring healing as you did in Matthew 10. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And in James 5 verse 15, you tell us the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You have given us, Lord, this authority in healing. Father God, we are encouraged to bring out the flavor of you, Lord, to those around us. Colossians 4 verses 5 to 6 tells us to walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how we ought to answer each person. And we know that as children of Almighty God, we are not paupers. We have the resources of heaven to hand. We are designed to live and prosper in every way. Philippians 4 verse 19 says, My God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will help us better understand the reality of the existence with a spiritually aligned, living trust in God that you designed us for. That we may live within the prosperity of your fulfilled promises. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Lord, I pray that we will make your word and your ways a priority this year. Help us retain our God-given flavour in every area of life. And to that, we do certainly say, Amen. Amen. And if anything I've said has caused you to want to chat to someone and pray with someone, there's Mark at the back, there's um, Sue and Dave here, and there's myself. Um, So, 
other than that, God bless you. Go out and be salty and enjoy a cup of tea or coffee. God bless you.